If you're sick and tired of people throwing jabs at you, doubting you, and you really wanna know how to respond without backing down, without being intimidated, then holy smokes, today's guest is here to help. My girl, Angie Martinez, is one of the hottest hip-hop radio hosts. She's been representing and holding it down, guys, on the air with some of the biggest freaking names in hip-hop, like Jay-Z and Tupac. So you better believe she's been in many heated situations where she's had to freaking stand up for herself. Now, Angie is called the voice of New York till this very day because of her strength, because she's been able to maintain and hold her own in an industry that's so damn difficult for a woman especially. So today, guys, she shares all the tips, tactics, and strategies that she's used in her own life to go from success and loss to compromise, hardship, hard work, and then end up where she is today. Now, that all means that you have to learn how to protect your energy and where you are now just being drugged into the glorified hustle culture or where actually, yes, you do need to freaking step up and work damn hard like she did. And so without further ado, let's dive in to Angie Martinez, who shows us how on earth to be a freaking total badass, to deliver and show up every day as being your own damn boss, even and despite the fact that you might have imposter syndrome, insecurities and a freaking negative self-talk. And guys, the one ask I do have, if this episode or Women of Impact brings you value, please do share it, like it, tell your homies about it, to get the word to go global, to really impact women on a global scale, I need your help. So please guys, do share, comment, review, all that good stuff. And now, let's dive in with Angie Martinez. So for people that may not know, you have been like, you're, you're in the radio uh, hall of fame. You are just the most epic, like that I consider the absolute go in the rap industry. You've interviewed everyone from Tupac. Jay-Z calls you a pioneer. You just had a panel interview with Michelle Obama, mm. like insane career. Yeah. And when I look at why, it's because you're a freaking badass. But there are moments in your career, there's moments in your life where other women, myself included, have felt insecure, have had imposter syndrome moments, have felt weak. Of course, all of us. But the fact that you keep stepping up, the fact that you don't let that what, stop you. But what's you, our choice? What is the other, what is the other to choice? To back off? To actually to fold feel, up? To, to fold away. up? I'm, I'm, if I was to say, if I was to sit across from you and say, I've never done that in my life, that's a lie. We always do. We Sometimes fear gets the best of us. Sometimes you'll back out of something because you think nerves or you maybe not deliver at full capacity because you're in your own head. But then, you, you know, you self-correct, you course correct, you go. Everything is always like a learning process. When we talk about how we get back up, it's often in our, how do we as our own ability? But when someone else is trying to hold you down when someone else is either taking jabs at you, when someone else is talking behind your back, mm -hmm. especially as women, it's freaking hard to get out of your own way, to get out of your own emotions. So how do you find the courage to fight for yourself? There are times, whether it's a person or a situation or opportunity, um, you just, there's going to be times where people fuck with you. <laughs> it's, just, it's just part of life. And there are times you have to fight back. And there are times where you have to, maybe fold, not fold, but bend a little to kind of find common ground with somebody. That's, that's another way to do it. Um, but there were other moments where people doubt you or 
your your career's in trouble, your life's in trouble, you're have you're in a bad relationship, you're you know health wise. I've been in periods where I, my health wasn't good. You know, you go through all types of stuff in your life where you have to pick yourself back up. But I don't know. There's this thing that I got in my head early, and I don't know where if it came from. If I saw it or read it or somewhere, but it was like whenever I'm like in a dark, you know, those moments where you're like everything's terrible. This is not working out. Why do I just, I quickly remind myself that whatever this is, it's just a moment because you haven't figured out how to get out of it yet, but you will. So reminding yourself of that in your down moment, whatever the down moment is, reminding yourself that it's only this moment because you haven't figured it out. This is not where you live. This is not where you stay. This is not a a state that you get comfortable in. This is just a moment and you'll I don't know, something about reminding myself that everything is temporary mm-hmm. gives, helps you to have resilience, helps you to be like, okay, this sucks, I'll ride it out because I know I just haven't figured out how to get out. Um, so whatever the, whatever the thing is that holds you down or is slowing you down or, I don't know, that little thing where you could just tell yourself like, this sucks, I don't know how to get out yet, but I know I'll figure it out. I know it's, it's coming. It's not a small thing. And so somewhere young in my life, I learned to do that so that even when I was being attacked by someone or whatever, whatever was going on, or I was d- depressed about something or sad about something, I know that it's just temporary yeah. until I could figure it out. And if you start to almost enjoy that process, then your whole life, you're like, you said course correcting. You're, oh, I, oh, oh, I know how to get out of this now oh, I figured my way out of this now. And you just keep building up tools that help you to always lift yourself up out of whatever it is. There were so many moments in your career Mm. where I'm sure, especially in a male-dominated industry, that people have tried to step up to you, step on you, push you down, and you didn't succumb to it. Mm -hmm. How the hell do you not succumb to that type of pressure, Mm -hmm. especially being a female in this space? Yeah, yeah, it was weird because I came up in a time where like um, we were this like really big hip hop station in a in a time where hip hop was like thriving in New York. So it was, people were like almost it would change somebody's life if their song got put on and and people were hungry. So, you know, I would come across some aggressive energy sometimes, but um, I usually try to look people in the eye and be fair and hear people out and um, you'd be surprised. Sometimes people who come at you really aggressive since they want to just be heard. They want to be seen. They feel like they're not. So they use their whatever they're, you know, to to try to either scare you or intimidate you. But sometimes you could back people up just by going, well, what's, what is it? Like, what is, sometimes just like trying to get to somebody's truth helps kind of diffuse the situation. How do you do the both? Because... When, when you're really strong, like you, you strike me as a very strong-willed woman that can't be bullied or pushed around. But even you were just saying, oh, but there were moments where if someone's just like egos in the way that, you know, like they're bigging themselves up and they're in your face. Sometimes you just need to almost have empathy for them. How do you know when to use which one? The people are just people. Sometimes people have bad behavior. But at the end of the day, it's because there's something in there that they're trying to, they want to be seen or they want to be heard or... They want to vent something. Um, and so I, I don't know. I feel like I've been really good at diffusing any type of negative energy or just, um, like you said, like people who try to be aggressive with you or be or force you or bully you or things like that. 
I really have this theory. I and I've had it my whole life. I came I come from a family where there are alcoholics in my family, gambling addicts, you know, and I I think it's one of the reasons why I've been good at what I do for a living is because I really have empathy for that we all have we all come from shit. We all have shit in our history, in our in our backgrounds that make us who we are, even the bad stuff about us. The bad stuff usually about us is because something either happened to us or something happened to our parents that has been fed down to us. I really have empathy for people's conditions and like the things that make us quote unquote bad or have bad behavior. Um, you know, my father was a drug addict who I haven't seen since I was 10 years old and I never really had anger towards him. I always felt like well, he had a drug at, he he had a drug problem. I always have operated with that of seeing people like, oh, they're that way because this happened to them. Um, I can sit across from people and who have done terrible things and I'm still interested in your story. You know, I hate cancel culture for that. There's some people I want to talk to that have been canceled because I feel like we can learn from every single human that's walking the earth, from somebody who's sitting on death row for murder to everyone, like everyone, the worst of people, there's something to learn from. And so I think when you look at human beings like that, it, it gives you a different type of connection. And and I think even people respond to you differently because they feel that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you sit across from somebody who's been abused or just broke, hungry, starving, beat up, trauma, and you treat them with respect and you hear their story, usually the some of their behavior is because of their story. It's not because they want to be that way. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I, 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 I really believe that everybody is worthy of telling their story. I think people are worthy of redemption at any point. Um, and I think that that helps. Do you think, do you give yourself that, that same grace? I'm learning to as I've gotten older. I think younger me, I used to beat myself up a lot. And it's weird because um, there's a fine line, like what I'm talking about, like giving people grace all the time, right? As I've gotten older, I still have the same grace, but I've learned to have better boundaries because there's a fine line between giving everybody grace and and letting people get away with stuff. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like a fine line. So as I've gotten older, I've learned to somewhat, because I like that about myself. I do. And I've, I've met amazing people that some people might throw away um, with that. But also, you have to have boundaries because you have to protect your energy and you have to protect, you can't give it to, can't give your energy to every single person. Mm. So I've learned to like have those boundaries. And that's the way I give myself grace. Like, it's okay. You don't got to be there for everybody. You don't got to do everything for everyone. And that's okay. Like, I really have learned in the, recently in this recent batch of life that um I made mistakes it's okay you're not perfect it's good you're doing good girl like like it's okay you could have done that better but that's all right you'll do it better next time and I'm also learning that the things that I need for myself I need for myself and I and if it means that somebody else is disappointed it's okay you know what I mean like um you know what I'm saying, and it's what I I absolutely do. And what's yeah. crazy though is that a lot of us, a lot of us women, gal, we end up doing it in as our, in our adult lives, like almost you know in our seasoned lives. Yeah, I yeah do of call course. It. Um, but like in our twenties, it's almost like a lot of us 
you know, and I've heard you tell stories where you just give yourself over and you don't give yourself grace and you don't do self-care and you're not thinking about yourself and it's just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> favorite quotes of yours oh my god I had to write it down because oh, I laughed so loud you, um, you said that you sometimes you have to go hard until someone peels you off the floor and tells you to take a nap <laughs> that was me I thought that th- by the way so even this book I wrote that book but like five six years ago yeah. and even now I've changed so much that some things I read my back from that book and I'm like why did I tell those good why did I tell people that like but that I think it's powerful it is but no I not in a bad way but I felt like in that book, I was still in a phase where I was, imp- I was proud of myself that I worked so hard to the ground and that I, I thought that that, uh, that hustler's mentality mm. and that working hard meant it was a good thing. Go girl, you bust your ass. You work so hard for that. Then you get to a point now in the past few years, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's the right advice mm. for women. And in that book, I even say like in your twenties, why you should you should work hard and you because that's how I I thought that that was the right way, you know. What I mean? mm-hmm. And it and it did serve me. I had success because of that, and I am proud that I worked really hard. But if I'm taking every, the whole world out of the equation and just looking at my own life and my own self, getting in my own head, I think was that the best thing for you? Mm-hmm. Not really. You should have more balance. You should have more fun. You should have you should not that I didn't have fun. I had a great career, a lot of fun, but you know, I worked a little too hard almost. Do you think you know? though that I do, but here's the problem I really have, because I was in the same situation. My health was so bad because I just was working so much because yeah. I felt like that was almost giving me the validation that I needed for other people to see my worth. Mm-hmm. And see, so, but you're doing that for other people. You're not thousand, doing that for yourself. A thousand percent. Yeah. But here's the truth. I don't know if I'd be where I am today if I hadn't put in those hours. It's tricky and it's a fine line and you have and you have to self-correct and, and you have to adjust that line. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you have to adjust that line for you. You can't adjust that. Like how you say, we work hard because we want people to respect us. Mm-hmm. We want people to um, feel like we are we we deserve the wins and the things that we have. So we have to work hard to prove that we deserve it when like. Do we have to work that hard that we're killing ourselves to deserve that? And what is it that we're craving from other people? We want to be accepted. We want to be respected. That's cool. But what do we want to feel? How do we want to feel for ourselves? What, what, like, what works for us in our real life? Forget mm-hmm. about the outside life. Like in our real life, at the end of the day, when you're home in your house, are you happy? When you're home alone, do you, do you wake up in the morning and feel good about how your day is going to be? Do you think that that's a, um, a different perspective on that, what fulfillment means to you as you get older? Because like fulfillment to me when I was younger, I think was like being the person that showed up, like I felt fulfilled because I was like really like, you know, like I said I would do something and I would do it. Now that isn't what fulfillment means to what me. What is it for you now? Um, I, I really think for everybody, it's how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. That's it. How do you feel about yourself when you're by yourself? Mm. Period. Yes. So now it's like you could do anything. You can decide to have a family. You can decide to go build a business. You can decide to, you know, go golfing, right? It's like, <laughs> you know, shirt golf is dope. Um, it's so dope. But that's what fulfillment means, right? Is that when you're by yourself, do you feel good about yourself of what you've done that day or how you've showed up? Yeah. And no, if that is your North Star, then no one can dictate what you do in life. Yeah. Do you ever really get to that point fully or no. are you oh, right? No. It's just, it's the chase of yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because I think our whole lives are chase. I think we're always chasing something mm-hmm. till the day we're gone. 
we are chasing something. But I think what we're chasing adjusts. Like you said, when I, so when I was starting, I was like, first of all, I was just happy to be there, but I was like, I want more of this. I want to be, I want to help people tell their stories. I want to do this. I want to be the most this. And I want to, then I want to do TV. And then I want to maybe do direct films. Like I had all these goals and dreams and things. I was always chasing the next, the next thing for success, for money, for respect, for, to inspire people. Um, And now my chase has changed a little bit. It shifted um, because it's important for me to feel good when I wake up in the morning. It's a, it's important for me to be present for my family when I need to be there. It's I, my my it's just when I'm chasing is a little different. I still have a lot of goals. I still have I still <laughs> I'm still very competitive. I still want to. I, I launched this podcast and it's been really fulfilling because I'm having convers different level of conversation with people, and more so than that, it's how people are responding to it. Mm-hmm. And I, and that feeds me like when somebody says, man, thank you. I needed to hear this, but, um, but you have to be careful there too. Yeah. You have that's, to be careful. That's what I was going to say. Cause yeah. when you're chasing something, how do you know right. whether it's from the authentic place of this is really my purpose and I really enjoy it versus it's the shiny object that maybe it's, it's you, over there. Everything's over there. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm going to be really happy when I get that thing over there, Always. whether it's the, one million subscribers. When I get that, it's going to be great. When I get the whatever it is or whatever you, whatever your thing is in life, there's always something over there. So I think the key is what I'm learning now is it's not over there. It's like right here. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm chasing now. Mm-hmm. How do I have more of that? Because I really feel like that's where the joy is. That's where real life is. Um, it's in the right now. And that's like what people say meditation, which I'm not good at, but that's why I've been golfing. It's the one time I, I go golf and I'm like, my phone's off. I'm not multitasking. I'm looking. It's beautiful outside. I'm in the grass. I'm like trying to figure something out quietly. You know, it's like the mo- being in the moment, right? And I know that sounds like super cliche, but I, for me, I'm just learning how important that is. It's still good to have things over there that you want to accomplish, but your whole life can't be in the thing over there. Mm. You have to at some point be right here and love this and be right here and this comfy couch and be okay just being right here and this is enough like right now because if you can't then you're never going to wake up feeling good because it's always you're always looking over there you're always trying to get to that next thing do you think then it's the combination of both the fact that you can still dream still point still see a vision of where you want to go and at the same time enjoy the now because as you were talking I was like it's interesting because I can't imagine a life where it's just one where like you're just always chasing or you're just always enjoying the now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Cause you still, yeah, you still want to be motivated and have goals and you still want to grow and you can't grow if you're just stuck yeah. here. You're right. It has to be the balance. Yeah. I had no balance. I was all over there before. You can't have, be successful and not have some of that in you. A thousand percent. And I, I think that for me, the joy is going from both to like never really being one to like, oh, well, I just want the peace or I just want the hustle. It's like, I freaking love the hustle, but I only love it when I'm able to have a way of then me pivoting when I know that I need it. And I don't seek balance. I seek harmony mm. because to me, balance is like, well, it's 50, 50. It's like, no, I actually don't find joy in 50, 50. I find the harmony and the joy in probably 80, 20, right? Where 80, I'm just crushing my goals because that is what gets me amped, mm-hmm. but I do need the 20%. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, like in everything that you talk about and hearing your story and how you show up every freaking day, mm-hmm. it feels like it's the duality 
duality of both, that it's never just one. And then, especially in today's society, because me and you've been around for a while, yeah. um, in today's society, it's almost, it feels like it's very much one, right? Love yourself, go slow, you know, take care of yourself. And while I think that is super freaking important, I don't want to be blindsided and pretend the other side doesn't exist and pretend that Angie Martinez doesn't freaking wake up every day with a fire under her ass. Like, I'm going to make this podcast. No, I totally yeah. do. I totally do. But I also, but I only used to operate right. on the fire. Exactly. And so for me, and that's just me, I think all of us have our own individual harmony that we're trying to find, right? So for me, that was a thing. I had to like slow down a little bit. And in the slowing down, um, I'm finding new things to chase, mm-hmm. even in the slowing mm-hmm. down. So for, it's just our own individual balance. But I think it's a, it's a constant we never get it right. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of life, right? It's like, it's just a, it's a series of pivots your whole life. And if you could just like in, learn to enjoy the pivoting as you go, that's the, it's the best any of us could do. Cause the lows happen to every single human. Um, so it's like, okay, this is a low. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost being okay with it because you know, a high will come. And it's just like the constant of just doing that. And I think people make a mistake that when you go low, they don't see anything. They don't see the opportunity to, of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you you anymore and that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doc that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc dot com slash lisa and download the zocdoc app for absolutely free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash lisa zocdoc dot com slash lisa what's interesting i think that when they see low it is right like how can i get up i think because you, you may stuck. not see yeah, yeah you yeah. don't almost see what's right in front of you because feelings feel very real yeah well i think anybody who who feels that should know that everybody feels that when you're low mm. it's just tell yourself the thing when you're low you have to tell yourself even if you don't believe yourself you just find a way to tell yourself this is just this moment i will find my way out i haven't found it yet that's okay. You just mm. haven't found it yet. Mm. The word is yet. 
It's not like I can't ever find it. You can. Mm. And some things take longer than others. And you're going to get frustrated and feel sad. And, oh, I got to get out of this. And you can't right away. But it's just yet. You just haven't found it yet. Mm. You just That's the only thing. You just always got to keep going. You always got to. There's always an answer. Some answers take a month to figure out. Some answers might take a couple of years to figure out. Yeah. But there's a way out of everything. I believe that. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing recently that I found really useful is also because, you know, the um, the phrase like this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. So it's like when, when you're low, reminding yourself that this too shall pass is super powerful. When you're but high I, too. But I, yes, girl. I yeah. realized that what many of us do, and me, myself included, when it was at the top or the high, it now became, oh, this is baseline. Mm-hmm. So now everything should be roughly here. And as you know, this too shall pass. Yes. And so we end up setting ourselves up, I think, for um, disaster yeah. by thinking that this when is we the have norm a high, up here. Yeah. This is the norm. No, ma'am, you're just having an amazing day. But also when you, <laughs> when you realize that this too shall pass, that this high, that this too high shall pass, it makes you appreciate the yes. high more. Because if you just think this is the norm, you're just in it. Well, who cares? Mm-hmm. And when you're like, wow, this is an amazing day. Oh, my gosh. You realize because this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Or even friendships or even relationships. Or sometimes your relationship's in a beautiful place and you have to take a moment to be like, wow, this is weird. <laughs> Me and my husband were always like, sometimes I'm like, I really love you today. You have to take today. Like, what do we feel today? Because who, tomorrow, tomorrow you could be on my last damn nerve. But it's, it's the all, you know what I mean? It's like the, you have to just to take the moments for as they are because today, cause the highs won't last forever and the lows don't last forever either. Everything is temporary. Yeah. So like we go back to just, it's the ride. It's do, the ride. You have to learn to enjoy the ride. Do you remind yourself of that in moments where maybe your ego gets a hit or is slightly dented? Because I assume yeah. you're human and you have an ego I like am. everybody else. Uh, yeah. Um, yes, I do. Because again, I think it's... A lot of us let the ego get in the way. And Mm -hmm. that is what I think ends up being either a detriment to our goals, our success, our relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And in your book, you tell a story of how, I think it was the MTV Awards um, for Ladies Night, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is, of course, one of my favorite songs on the freaking planet. And everyone (laughs) watching, like, also, a thousand, I freaking love that song so much. And so, um, so the song is a smash hit. Everyone's freaking playing it. You get a nomination. You go to the MTV Awards. You've got, like, freaking Little Kim. You've got Left Eye. I mean, Missy Elliott, like, the bomb. And I'm the baby on the crowd. Like, I'd never done anything like this. It was a foreign land to me. And you say, like, you turn up and everyone's got, like, makeup artists and hairstylists and, like, you don't even have shoes i have nothing so talk to me about that because girl like as much as i'm joking about it and like obviously saying like ah, i can imagine the freaking heartbreak in that moment for myself yeah where i'm like oh my god i'm here to freaking mtv awards i'm with my girls and then it feeds into so the full story of somebody who hasn't read the book yes so i go so i'm with this group of seasoned artists i have a radio show and friday nights i do a special called ladies night and I had rapped once or twice, small little things. But because I had this show called Ladies Night, they were doing Ladies Night Remix, they invited me on this song. But I'm not a seasoned artist. I've never been in a video. Like, I'd never been in a performance. Like, I, I didn't even know how to perform. But I, I managed to put some bars together. We did the song. It becomes this big hit. And now I'm out with these amazing, greatest female artists of all time type of level artists. Um, 
Missy Elliott, Left Eye, you know, Kim, Brat. And they, like you said, they all have glam teams and they all have, I'm just happy to be there. But you know, my outfit is not great. I didn't know any better. Um, I just tried to deliver. I just tried to be like, okay, I'll, I'll put these on. Somebody brought me like these horrible shoes right before we went out. I was like, okay, I put them on. I went to the thing. Um, it did kind of play into, I don't, I, I don't belong here or I don't deserve to, you know, you know, that little thing in our bodies that we feel like we're like imposter syndrome. And so it did, it did tap at that for me a little bit, which made me a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being honest. And also, cause I was so new, I, I, it d- definitely messed with my ego a little, cause it made me feel like, why am I even here? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even, you know, and so if I look back at that moment, if I could talk to that young girl, if I could talk to myself at that person, I'd I'd be like, you absolutely belong here. You are here for a reason. You're going to represent for somebody's going to there's some there's some reason you've been put here. So just own it and just deliver at full capacity. And if I'm being honest and I'm thinking about that moment, I probably didn't. I probably didn't deliver at full capacity because I let that little voice of like that imposter syndrome or that you don't belong here, kick in. And that's probably a time, I don't know that anybody could ever see it or know it, but I know it. In that moment, I was scared. You know, I was operating out of fear and out of that feeling of like, I don't really belong here. Um, And if I were to talk to that young girl, me, (laughs) talking to her, I'd tell her, no, you absolutely do, go out there and kill it. You You know what I mean? And I don't know that I necessarily had that understanding at that age, at that time that I, that I should have, you know, the ego. I, I probably needed a little more ego at that point. I probably needed a little more confidence, a little confident boost, but we all do that to ourselves at different points in our lives. Right. But a lot of us do it. But again, a lot of us then that then becomes the narrative that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. that I don't deserve to be here. And it's like, in moments like that, it's beautiful that you freaking showed up, mm-hmm. but we absolutely, there's a hundred million other women right now, girl, who have a story where they let their ego or that insecurity dictate how they then show up the yes. next time. And it's a shame because if I think about that moment for me, I probably was outside of my body and worried about um, what, how people were perceiving me mm-hmm. or how I looked next to standing. The, if I could have just been in the moment, like we talk about being in the moment and appreciate it, and I could have just had fun, mm-hmm. I probably would have enjoyed that. And I did. I still enjoyed it. It was a great, I, like I, I, it was a great time. We did a video. There was Queen Latifah and all, all, TLC, all these amazing women. We had fun and we laughed and I learned so much from them. So I had a great time, but I would have had a better time if I had to stop worrying about what was going on outside and how people were perceiving it and how it was landing. And I just went inside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, this, if I'm talking to the younger version of myself. How did you over time then develop that self-esteem and realize that you're actually worth it? Because you talk about the fact that, I mean, you're freaking crushing it. You're known everywhere. Jay-Z won't do any other interview except to doing it like directly with you. Everybody that wanted to speak on their career, their hip hop, they wanted to come to you. <laughs> like you were that person. Well, I think, first of all, the pool at that time, and not to, t- not to discredit myself, the pool was a lot smaller back then. And not every- now everybody who has a, few dollars can get a microphone and start a blog or a podcast. So there's plenty of outlets. There's plenty more spaces for people to talk to. Back then there weren't as many. And I think the reason a lot of people felt safe with me is because 
I built relationships with. I think people just learned to trust me. I, I really tried to operate, um, you know, from a place of integrity. And I think that that, that really served me well. And, um, and also, I, you know, I was lucky enough, I came of age at a time where hip hop was also coming of age in New York. So I had all of these amazing artists coming of age at the same time. So we're in the same city. We know each other. We're at the same clubs. We're hanging out, you know. And so there's a trust. I love the culture. I loved, I don't know. I really enjoy people, like getting to know people. And especially people who are so talented and like, where does that come from? Or people have been through a lot of stuff. I'm Like I told you, I'm interested to kind of just get to know people. And then of a music and a culture that I'm so committed to and at the beginning I was just a fan I wasn't part mm. of the culture I think as I've grown I've been, I've grown into my space in inside of the culture and became part of it but when I started I was just a fan I was a hip-hop fan I I grew up you know idolizing Rakim and you know Big Daddy Kane and all of a sudden I'm sitting in a position where I'm interviewing the next Big Daddy Kane and the next and even Rakim himself you know um so I just was happy to be there. I was a fan. I was I, I respected it and the artist so much. And you know, it just took me to it's taken me, you know, hip hop has taken us this far. It's amazing. I love that girl, <laughs> but like you're so damn humble. And thank you. <laughs> yeah. As I was looking into and researching you, I heard you say that it wasn't until you had your son though that you went in and you're like, I'm gonna ask for a pay rise. Yeah. And when you went in and asked and you finally were like, hang on a minute, I think I'm actually worth more than this. They end up like doubling your salary. Yeah. And what Which would... goes to show how underpaid I was for so long. So that was so powerful when I heard it because mm -hmm. I thought, A, you just, you, because you had so much passion and I you felt, loved what you did. I felt, uh, yeah. And also because I grew up there. So mm. they'd given me this opportunity. Mm. So I felt almost indebted to like, thank you for this break and this opportunity for believing me and giving me this platform. But then at a point there is a shift where it's like, okay, I've, I've paid my dues. Mm -hmm. I've interned, I've worked 20, 40 hours. You know, I've, I, I did it and I, now I've contributed and now I've actually helped to build this place. And now I've actually, um, you know, I, I'm of value yeah. to you. <laughs> but wasn't it a big part but I had to, in my head, son? Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you become a mother, you but start your, crazy? your priorities change a bit. Yeah. In the sense of that we won't fight for ourselves, yeah, but we'll absolutely, will easily fight for other people. I did it too you, to myself. You're like, freaking, Jay-Z's coming to you, Tupac's coming to you, like the <laughs> biggest people on the freaking planet in hip-hop And I'm like, saying, I'll take my little salary, my I'm just point. grateful, I'm just happy to that's be here. That's <laughs> just happy to be here. you had the damn son, girl, that yeah. you were like, maybe I should fight for my family. Yeah. I just said this to one of my girlfriends the other day. Oh, I don't want to share her business too much, but somebody very close to me was having a lot of guilt about something that they felt like they could have done. And I asked her, she was like, I just feel I have this guilt. And she had, she lost a, a family member mm -hmm. and she had guilt about what she thought she could have done to make it different. And I said to her, well, let me ask you a question. What, what would you say if your daughter came to you and said, I have this guilt because I feel like I could have done something and saved their life or I could have. What would you tell your daughter? If the same thing you're saying to me, if your daughter came to you and said that to you, what would you say to her? She goes, oh, my God, I would tell her, of course, it's not your fault. Of course. What do you? Well, I said, well, what? 
Why wouldn't you say that to yourself? Why wouldn't you give yourself the same love? Why wouldn't you love on yourself the same way that you would want to love on your daughter? It's like, we don't do that for ourselves and we should. And so I tried to do that. I tried to remind myself of that in those moments. Um, but I think as women, we, we're like nurturers and caretakers. We want to take care of everybody else. But it really is um, important for us to take care of ourselves the same way, at least equally. The same. At least, even if you don't put yourself above everybody else, at least at the minimum, put yourself on the same level. At least on the same Because we level. don't do that, yeah. No, no, because we put everybody and then like we're down here. Okay, ideally you should put yourself first. Mm-hmm. You know, you put your seatbelt on first, ideally. But if you can't, at the minimum, woman, <laughs> put yourself on the same level, at least. Don't put yourself below yeah. because what are you saying to yourself and what are you telling everybody else about how to treat you? Mm-hmm. You know, so... I always I like I I shifted that in my life. I learned how to do that at least. And it and it helps. Like it helps to like when you're beating yourself up about something to think to yourself, what would I do if somebody else came to me with the same thing? How would I how would I treat them? And then giving yourself that same care and grace. How much of um facing death helped with that for you to take care of yourself more and if you don't mind explaining the story? Yeah. So, yeah, it was three years ago. I got into a car accident, broke my back, um, shattered my L1. Um, like, your car, like, went up in the air, like, In the air, feet. 20 feet down. I was, it was weird. I had this, I had this Tesla that, you know, if you hit the gas, it goes from, like, zero to 32 in, like, two seconds. I had just gotten the car. It's my first electric car. And I was, I was home. I was pulling into my driveway. And I went to slam on the brakes because I saw some shadow in my house. They were doing construction. So I looked away and I looked and I saw a husband's car. So I tried to hit the brakes and I slammed on the gas and I swerved and the car went and it, and I have a, gar- a garage that goes like this in my house. And it's about, it goes I don't know, 10, 15 I don't know, feet, 20, maybe 20 feet. But anyway, my car went in the air. I want to say 20 feet in the air into the neighbor's yard, into the trees. And went in the air and came down. Oh. Yeah. My dog was in. I had my dog because I just dropped my son off at school. And my dog was in the back seat. And I just, I, I just landed. I'm in the trees. And I didn't know this, but electric cars, they can't cut the doors out. So they have to cut the trees. Emergency people have to come and get the trees out. But I knew I couldn't move. My phone was there. I couldn't, I couldn't grab it. So I was just sitting in the car and I was. I just hit the horn and, and the neighbors and my husband just came out the house and and it's crazy because I had just seen an interview that Kevin Hart did because Kevin Hart mm. also broke his back I don't remember what he said but there was something in it that I was holding on to it's so funny how like conversation could could change people's lives mm. in that moment I'm like holding on to this thing that Kevin Hart had said about um you could get back up because he, he had broke his back. I knew it in the car. I knew my, I knew I was broken. I knew I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. And I was uh, got into the ambulance and they touched my toe and I could feel the toe. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, this is, a, I know from everything with the movies and the TV I watched, this might be <laughs> the a toes good are sign. Good, yeah. But you don't know if you're paralyzed. You don't know if you could stand again. You don't know. It was scary. And so, um, you know, whatever, fast forward but then after you're in recovery and you're laying down for a while and yeah, it does, it pivots, it, change, it changes uh, how you operate, it changes how you, what you appreciate, it slows your, your timing down a little bit. 
which I needed. Like as I told you, I was always over there chasing everything. It slowed me down. When you slow down, um, you're more present, right? It's a good, it was a blessing for me for sure. So if I was still living, I, I would be miserable if I didn't. If I hadn't slowed down, I might be a miserable person right really? now. Yeah, for sure. Because at some point, you need, like you said, that harmony. And I don't think I had it. I think I was always running, 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 chasing. And I think the accident helped just like slow me down enough where I could have a better harmony and a better balance for myself because um, now I do. Now I'm golfing. I'm like doing things that I would have never been. I don't have time to golf. Who the hell has time to do that? Now I'm like, I make time. Now, and I, I hate to say this to you, but I call because we were supposed to do this in the afternoon. Yeah. I was like, do you mind if we do it in the morning? I would never change the time on you. But I was like, you know what? It's the one time, the only time I could go golf. I did. And I said, if it wasn't okay, I would have figured it out. But I, I chose to like, I need to, I, I choose me a little bit more often than I used to because of, because of that experience and being forced to slow down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And I love that. Um, how do you hold on to the staying power? So I've heard you talk about, I remember the story that you share where you're in a fire and like, again, like that, it was, I can't remember whose house it was, was on fire and you almost like, you were either going to go out the window or, you know, down the stairs, down the stairs yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, into the fire. Yeah. Um, and I remember you saying that that really, really shook you. But the problem is, is that the staying power of something sometimes obviously doesn't, doesn't last. And so we have these moments of hard or struggle and we're like oh my god this has taught me such a lesson oh yeah like when somebody dies they go life is short and then for like three weeks you're operating on life is short those things happen yes. and they don't stick yes but sometimes things happen and they stick yeah and so i'm lucky that that was one of those moments where it's st stuck and i don't maybe because it was so harsh mm -hmm. and i've said this I've said, i just said this recently to someone i was like i used to ask myself like, because I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe that everything is made to happen to you because you need to have whatever happened to you. And in that moment, I was like, why does it have to be so harsh? God, like whatever you're trying to tell me, could you, did it have to be so hard? This was so hard. But when I think about it, it did have to be that hard because nothing else was going to slow me down. Nothing else was going to teach me to like have a better balance in life. Nothing else was going to correct my um, just how I operate on purpose. And like, I have more purpose to what I do now. Mm -hmm. Nothing was going to do that to me unless it was harsh. And so it, it had to happen to me that way. And so, you know, I was down for a few months. I was sad. And then even after you heal physically, I, I had a period where I was, I don't, I don't know how to like those moments where you talk about, you don't know how to get back up. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Like my back is healing. I'm walking. But I don't, I don't, I don't know what's over there for me. I don't, I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I was still kind of on the radio, but I was just starting to get back. I just felt a little disconnected from myself in my life. And, um, I don't know. It just slowly started coming back. It just slowly started. I started understanding that I needed to have more purpose in my work. I started, I understand, I started to have an understanding that I don't want to compromise anything that brings me joy makes me proud i don't want to compromise anymore you know how crazy that is you know how much compromising we all do in our lives like i mean i still do but way less how do you then navigate that compromise like when you because i'm always about like in those moments how do you just like not um go back to old habits right where you're just like okay i'm just going to compromise myself this one time I'm just going to compromise Maybe. like how do you old habits come creep 
the yeah. little, he- little head comes up sometimes, <laughs> yeah. even when you're changing your life, mm-hmm. even when you're pivoting. It's not all or nothing. It's like the wave. It's like trauma or or grief or anything like that. It's not like, oh, I'm healed from grief. Mm-hmm. I'm not healed. I'm healed. And then you're healed forever. No. Somebody explained it to me. It's like a tide. So grief, trauma, change. The tide goes in, the tide goes out, the tide goes in, and if slowly the, it moves, mm. right? Slowly. But the water doesn't just go away. Mm. The water slowly. And so like healing, changing, pivoting, it's all that. So even me, where I feel like I feel way more rooted in these conversations I'm having in my podcast and the things I want to do in my career moving forward, I feel way more rooted in purpose. But that doesn't mean that that little monster that is competitive and aggressive and chasing that thing over there doesn't pop up sometimes it totally pops up for me um and that's okay because i use it for motivation but i'm aware way more aware of it than i ever was how do you tame her just reminding yourself okay what's important here why why am i doing this what is the what is the um just conversations with yourself therapy um going back to the things that you said when you were in bed like the when you wanted to get out so it's like what is important to me like would you repeat those things to you to remind yourself yeah i don't know that i'm consciously like okay i'm going to repeat these things but 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 it does echo in your head and when you when you make pivots in your life and changes how you operate that work for you and you feel the difference it does it makes you not want to go back Mm -hmm. because i feel better like this actually Mm -hmm. i like I like this better for me. And so even when, and you know, I'm still guilty. There's days where I like, I'm working too hard. But before I'd be working too hard and don't do anything about it. And it just was my way of being. Now I'll be like, okay, I need a day. Okay, I need a, hold on. This doesn't feel good. I'm Mm self-correcting as I go. And so I give myself enough grace to say, that's better. You're doing better. It's not perfect, but it's better. And then this works for you better. And I think that's our lives. It's always, it's always like shifting a little bit. And none of us, and this is why I have sometimes hard times with like, when we watch these like motivational speakers or we're looking to these gurus or these people who have all the answers. Because we're all looking, searching for answers. We're searching for ways to live better lives. We're searching for ways to like function at, higher levels we want that but anybody to me who projects i got this all figured out and this is the this is it this is how you achieve the goal i find that is bullshit (laughs) because 99.9% of the time those same people you're not doing this you're not succeeding every day nobody is succeeding every day no one well i'm not i do them pretty well i think i'm doing better than i was what five years ago better than 10 years ago but, um, and that's okay. Dude, that's the important shit though, right? That's the important yeah. thing. Because to your point, no one's perfect. So now if someone at home is thinking, oh, perfection exists, I'm not perfect, they are, well, I must be doing something wrong. Ver- like that doesn't serve anyone. No Versus one. you sitting here being so damn honest about all the ups and downs and the messes. Like someone from the outside can look at your career, easily go and completely dismiss you. Yeah. Like absolutely go, well, she was lucky. Well, she was at the right time, the right place. Right? Like, there could be a million reasons that they can dismiss. But the fact that you're like, no, 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 no. This was messy. This was hard. Even now I have to like mm-hmm. call myself on my own stuff. I still have a 
habit of going, I think that's what's important. And that's yeah. why I'm always trying to dig deeper and go, in those moments, what do you do? How do people think? Because we all, especially myself, I follow my emotion and I don't mean to, right? It just kind of, let, <laughs> some, and let me tell you, my emotions lead me astray. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> don't think that. Oh, yes. yes. And yeah. so now it's just addressing, yes, your emotions lead you astray. They don't have to be like, I don't take my emotions as fact, mm-hmm. but sometimes I do need to just embrace my emotions and then have a, okay, now's the moment to be on the floor, you know, like cuddle yourself, you know, hug yourself, listen to all the Whatever you songs. Need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the other moment is get the F up because you've got this. Yeah. And so that's what I love about your story. That's what I love about you is that you have the beauty of both. You have those two competing things that it seems like that you're always navigating. And that's my point is that at home. Are we all though? Yes. And that's the thing that when someone that yourself, that someone can look up to and go, my God, look at their career, look at the life. It's so funny you say that because sometimes people credit me and you did this earlier in the interview. You said, because you're so humble. People credit me for being so humble. And sometimes I feel guilty accepting that because it's not that I'm humble. It's that I'm just realistic. <laughs> so if you put giving me all these praise about something, I'm like, thank you. It's so nice. But like, I, we're none of us are perfect. Like none of it. We're all just trying to do our best. And I do try to do my best. And I do try to be operate with integrity. And I do try to, I tried my best to do my best by people. Sometimes I slip. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I... You know, but I, I don't know that it's me being humble. I think it's me being realistic because I look at it as I take myself out of the equation, right? When somebody goes, oh my God, you did this. or I've been watching you for years and what you're doing now. I, I don't, I take, I take joy in that because um, it's not from an egotistical place. It's not because I want to, because I believe all these things about myself. I take joy in that because something I did mm has affected this person in such a way that they want to offer that to me. And so I have the, my pride is in that. Does that make sense? A thousand percent. It's, that makes sense. My pride is in like, wow, I did something, I did something good because this person feels that about me. It's not so much that I need that from me or that I necessarily believe that about myself. I think we all are here, put here to share, to do our best to like, you know, and then if you actually touch people in, in that way that's like a bonus and i think Mm. also that one more thing to add to that is because from the outside you just see the result right so it's like oh my god i love this song i love what you've done right like like i can talk about the the results of it but i think when for yourself right it's like but you're in it you're in the everyday you're having to face yourself you're having to face your ego you're having to face your own insecurities you're having to face people pushing back and so to you it may not just seem like the result it's like oh my god everything that i've done to do that it was such a struggle yeah. that almost like you feel maybe bad about taking like the, <laughs> the, the praise, the praise yes. because you're like do you know what it took yeah, me I've to never, get there? i've never been good with praise and i don't think it's because i'm self-doubting or anything i think it's just because it's like look we're all just trying our best i'm so happy that it meant something to someone yeah but i also get torn because you have done something that other people haven't been able to do and i don't want to dismiss that because in order for you to be able to do something Mm. you've had to go through a whole load of shit you know like in the movie um uh shawshank redemption where it's like i i I crawled a mile uh, crawled through a mile of shit to get to like the the freedom on the other end right it's like you've crawled through the mile of shit girl so when i look at 
your dream, your goal, where you are, it's because you haven't stopped. It's because you've been relentless. You've been resilient. You've picked yourself up every time that you've fallen. It's not that you haven't fallen. Mm -hmm. And I keep going back to, I think that one of the biggest detriments to us, especially as women, is a story we tell ourselves. That's it. Yeah. And so when I think about what story women tell themselves, what people right now may be listening, um, you know, thinking about, is that whatever story they're telling, they can choose a different story. Mm. And you are a beautiful example of being able to choose a different story because you've been able to pivot, because you've been able to get yourself back up, because you've been freaking resilient. And the marathon, you running a marathon was the perfect example of this exact thing. This exact thing we're talking about. So if you don't mind talking to me about the marathon, because up until this point, everything we've discussed, I think really encompasses your mindset around you being the person that's like, I haven't run a mile, but I'm going to do a bloody marathon. Well, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like chasing something. And I think at a point I was chasing maybe success, maybe like respect. I was chasing that. Then I got into a phase where I was chasing to be inspirational to people. Mm. I wanted to inspire people. I had left. I had been at Hot 97 for so many years. And when when I left to go to power, all of a sudden I was flooded with people going, Oh my God, I grew up listening to you. The time you did this, the time you did that. I remember when you had your baby and you were talking on the air. I was flooded with all this, this uplifting energy from people who had made me feel like I inspired them in some way. And so then I was like, I was like floating from that, right? And so I felt so lifted up because it was a scary time for me. So you leave a job that you're at for all these years. You leave a place that you feel like molded you, shaped you, made you who you are. Now I'm exiting because I don't want to just be that. I want to be something else. I want to be just me. I want to move around. I want to explore. So you leave the nest and you're vulnerable when you leave a nest. Anybody who's worked at a place a long time, maybe since you're a kid, scary to make a pivot like that. So I was vulnerable. And when in that vulnerable state, people had lifted me up so much and made me feel so like you inspired me. And so now I'm like almost addicted to that. Right. You become addicted to that. So then I changed jobs and now I'm sitting at my new job after all that, my, the new radio station at Power. And I'm like, I got to do something to inspire people again. <laughs> you know, now I'm addicted to that feeling of like, what am I going to do now? And so um, I was like, what could I do to be inspiring? And what would inspire me? And my whole life, I thought the hardest thing ever, because I hated running. My mother used to watch the marathon when I was a kid. I thought that would be the hard. If I could run a marathon, I could do anything because I hate running. If I could do that, I could do anything. So I was, it's always like I'm inspiring myself, but if I'm being honest, in the hopes of inspiring other people, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to run the marathon. I, hadn't, I couldn't run to the corner store without passing out. Like I, I, I hated running. I, could, I, I was not in good shape. And the marathon was about six months away. And so I signed up. And then I publicly said I was doing it and people started donating money. So we had raised like over $100,000. So now I'm in a position where there's money involved for the Pitching Foundation, for these kids. I had tried to train a little bit. I, I got injured on the training. I'm like limping. So the, the week before the marathon, I do that there's this like long race. So I'm training for the six months. There's supposed to be a long run that you do right before the marathon. It's 18 miles. So I'm running, walking, running, walking. I just have to finish it, right? So I'm trying to do the 18 mile. I hurt myself, my hip flexor. So now we're a week or two out from the marathon and I'm limping, 
limping. I'm like limping to work. And people are like, you're going to run a marathon? You can't even walk. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> so like, I'm like limping. And then um, I just put, you know, I'm big on the, like the thing you tell yourself. Like how I tell yourself when you're down, you just haven't figured it out yet. That's the thing I tell myself. The thing that I told myself for the marathon was you had a baby. It hurt. But if you have a baby in your belly and has to come out, no matter how much it hurts, has to come out. It's no turning back. Can't push the baby back up. Baby has to come out no matter how much it hurts. So I said, I'm going to use that for the marathon. Has to happen. I have to finish. It's no way out. Can't turn around. The baby has to come out. Like, this is literally the thing I told myself. So I showed up that day limping. I showed up limping to the marathon. And it took me a ridiculous amount of time to finish it. But I just went there with the intention, like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to finish it. It was really hard. And if I'm being honest, like I beat my, my body up for no reason. Like I was hurt for a year after the marathon, <laughs> like, like my hip flexor was a mess, but I did it. And it did was a testament to like mental, like what you, what you can do, what your mind could do versus what your body could do. Um, so it was for me, that was, I don't know, it was a le- big lesson for me, but I also realized, what are you doing that for? What is, what are you trying to, you have to ask yourself those questions. Like, what was you trying to prove? Mm. What was that rooted in? You looking for attention? Like, what do you, I have to ask myself those questions to make sure that I'm keeping it a hundred. I'm being honest with myself. Like, are you doing this because you really needed to do it? Or were you chasing, like, what were you chasing by doing that? I have to ask myself those questions when those things come up. And if I'm being honest, it was a thing for me. It was a bucket list thing I always wanted to do. I wanted to be able, I felt like if I could do that, I could do anything. Um, but also, I think I also was chasing that feeling of being able to inspire people, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you become addicted to it, it's a little, it's a little, mm-hmm. you got to watch that. Anything that you're addicted to, you have to watch out for. I love that story so much because mm-hmm. as I was listening to it, I was like, this is what makes you. Like, the no excuses. No excuses. Yeah. The, sure. There's always, a, it's, it's not even that there's no excuses. Because you can make excuses. There's always a way. There's always a way. You can, you can figure it out. And if you haven't figured it out, if you haven't, it's just because you haven't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. So there's always a way to figure out whatever the thing is you're trying to do or get done. Or I do believe that. I do. But even in that situation, though, like you could say, like, it's not good for your body. Like, you know, you're going to wreck your hip for a year. You know what? It's not an excuse. It's a valid reason. And in that moment, it is a valid reason. No one, if you were like, God, I can't freaking walk, right? And people were seeing you limp. But what's the, where's the inspiration in that? Right. But, <laughs> and here's That's the thing, not... though. Even though you said, like, you know, looking back now, what was the reason? And really dig. I think that's so beautiful, by the way, and a very powerful tool, I think, mm-hmm. that we should be asking ourselves on the daily, if not at least on the monthly. It's like, what are you doing this for? Like, to keep checking in with yourself. But there is the thing, like, and obviously I don't want to be like, oh, and you should have just injured yourself for a year. But there is something about that. There is the fact that every little thing that you think can do becomes in an echo. Mm. And so in that moment of you going, it's fine. You've got a bad hit. Don't do it. It then becomes an echo of how you show up again. And so, again, I, I totally hear that you're not encouraging people to go out and injure their body for over a year. But I don't want to almost dismiss the, the power oh, of that no, mindset. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not of, trying to dismiss that yeah. either. But as I think it's the, it's the both things yeah, at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. By the way, there's nothing wrong with doing things because you want to inspire people. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But just being aware 
of why you're doing mm-hmm. things is what's important. Yes. Don't be like, yeah, I'm just doing this because I want to. No, let's let's really let's why let's like unpack this a little bit so you can make sure you're making the right decisions and everything. And sometimes you may choose to beat yourself up because you want to inspire somebody. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. It's just being aware of it. Yes. What what your reasoning is for things of, of that. And for that moment, if I'm being honest, I think it was both. I think it was me having this bucket list and but me being so high off of this moment that I had just had where I felt I had done good work and I had inspired people. Well, I, what do I got to do next? How do I keep doing that? Okay, well, just calm down. Just like <laughs> you just relax. Just enjoy that you just had that moment and just coast for a little while. And I hadn't gotten there yet mm. in my life. The me this today in 2023 might have said, that was great. It's okay. Like you don't have to. Just because you felt in that moment you were inspiring to somebody, you don't have to do it again this month. Mm. You can, but you don't have to. Whereas there I was, oh, I gotta, gotta do something else. I gotta figure out a way to do the next thing, you know? Um, so I was still in that phase of my life where yeah. I, where I felt the need to over there. What's over there? What could I do over there? And the awareness piece, right? You're so aware now. So I'm aware. Being the awareness. Aware of it's the awareness. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Help. But nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't regret it. I learned a lot about myself and I learned about a lot about how you talk to yourself really has a lot to do with the outcome of whatever the thing is you're trying to do. Because, you know, for 26.2 miles, I'm hurting. I'm hurting half a mile in. I'm saying to myself, oh, God, why did you do this? And when you get this, but I don't let that I don't let that conversation go on too long. Okay, so take me through it in real time. So your voice is coming in. You're at like the first mile. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. Well, first of all, no, you show up with, there is no turning back, right? That's how I showed up. And it took me a while. I had to figure out how am I going to get through this? Because two or three days before I'm panicking to my friends, Mm -hmm. like, I can't, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. I was literally having a panic. I can't physically, it's not possible. I can't do it. I can't even walk. How do I get out of this thing? I was panicking. Okay. And then I found, because I hadn't found it yet. Mm -hmm. And the thing I needed to tell myself, which I found was, okay, you had a baby. It hurt. There's no turning back. This is what you're going to use. This is how you're going to show up. Okay, got it. So you show up. This is the thing I'm, this is the little conversation in my head happening. And you show up because the conversation, like you said, in your head is so important. What we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I told myself at the beginning, but then doubt creeps in half a mile, a mile when you're already in pain. And you're like, why did I do this? But then you get to like mile seven and you go, you could. You did seven miles. You're going to finish. It's okay. It's going to hurt, but you are going to finish it. And this is what I'm telling myself. Mm. I'm, oh, you're going, I'm having these conversations. You're going to finish it. And I've had, I was talking to myself so much in my head that I, I had no headphones. I had no music. I had made a whole playlist in my mind. I was going to listen to music That's why the I whole way. I think being into music. No, but I had to, ha- I had to mm. talk to myself so clearly for so long that I didn't even put it on. This is how... The literal the conversation in my head is going and then at seven I'm like oh no you're you're capable because you've done seven already and you shouldn't be even to be able to do that so the fact that you did that means yeah you're gonna finish it it's gonna be fine I'm talking myself like a crazy person <laughs> inside my head is a, a convers- whole conversation but it, literally the conversation in my head is what is what gets you to the finish mm-hmm. line because then all of a sudden you're there and uh, and so that was a great lesson for me in terms of like what I'm capable of, how important it is, the conversations that we have in our head, 
how it shifts, how it changes and shifts what the outcome of what we're trying to do is. And then for me also, it's like the why. Why are you doing that? Mm. It started to become important to me after that. Yeah. Yeah. And then going back to where we even started this interview, it's a resilience piece. Mm. It's the fact that, well, a thousand other people, a hundred thousand other people, a hundred million other people may stop and go, oh shit, my my hip is bad. Uh, This is silly. I shouldn't be doing this to myself, (laughs) right? And now I don't do it. And then the next time I find either adversity or, you know, something that I have to actually overcome, I've already like trained myself that it's okay not to go for it. Mm. And so when I think about how, go, you just keep showing up, it's these little moments. It's the moment of the marathon where you could have quit easily and no, everyone would have given you a free pass. And that's the point, right? I would have felt terrible. Though. Yeah. I would have not loved that feeling. I do have that part of me. It's very competitive. I like to win. I like to, you know, I, I like a challenge, all those things. So that I don't know that if, I don't know that if I would have given myself an out, I don't know that I would have felt good about that. Do you think it comes down to really identifying your core values? Because I've heard you talk about the three core values that to you are the most important that when you were then going to look for a partner, you also made sure that they had these My God, the best date, it was my dating advice, right? Yeah. I met this uh, guy, his name is Paul Carrick Brunson. He's, uh, he's from the UK. He, I met him when he was still here in the US and he was a, a matchmaker. Uh, and like love life. I met him at a meeting. I was meeting with somebody. He was the next meeting. And they were like, he's a matchmaker. And we just started chatting. You know, I'm interested in people. So I started asking him a bunch of questions. And he was saying that. And at that time I was single. And he was like, well, what do you want? I was like, I don't know. I'm too busy. I don't have time. You know, I was in that stage of my life. Oh, I'm too busy. He was like, okay. Um, and, and I was like, but you know, I would like to be in a relationship. And he was like, well, how much effort or work have you put into that? I was like, well, is that? which should just happen should be natural he's like yeah no the same way you want to win at everything else in your life if you want that you have to actually put some thought and some um it was the first time i don't know everybody anybody had said that to me and he said and where you should start is figuring out what your three core values are and then look for that in someone else and that's how you find a partner he said because sometimes um you get distracted by somebody's funny or somebody's ambitious or somebody's good looking or they got a swag or they got a thing. And so you could be um, attracted to something that has nothing to do with who, what really matters to you, like what your core is. So if you're aware of what yours are, you might find it in a different package. It might be in a guy that you would never in a million years think. But if you see one of those three core values, because now you're aware of what yours are, you're more likely to even be open or receptive to that. And not just in relationship, man, woman, but just the world, like friends, people you meet in by chance. Like, oh, I like her because she mimics something that matters to me. But if you don't know what your shit is, then how are you even going to attract the things in your life, relationship, friendships, anything like that? Um, so, yeah. So for me, that was a big, that was like, Oh, that's, you know, you learn things in life where some things, like you say, they go through you, they matter for a week, some things stay with you. Um, so that was one thing that stayed with me. And when you listed those core values, because it was loyalty, honesty, and God, I believe. And when it you, was family. Yeah. It was for family. The, for the loyalty. Yeah. yeah. My relationship with God and then, and honesty. Yeah. Honesty is really important to me. And hearing those, I was like, 
it is beautiful and very interesting to see how that does echo in just other things, ways of your life as well. Mm -hmm. Right, going back to it's not just your romantic relationship; it's the type of business that you do, the type of people that you're involved in. Mm -hmm. When that becomes, these are the three things that I am going to always protect and look for other people. It's important that when you're doing self self checking in with yourself, like how, like checking in with yourself, make sure how why you're doing things. If you just remember what's important to you, and you. Or when you're confused about making a decision, you can go back to that. Where does that fit in? What, what I, what I believe I really care about, or what I believe is most important, helps you make. It helps you in decision making because we're all presented. There's so much opportunity in the world right now, especially if you have any success in one thing. I'm sure people call you like, "Hey, you want to be a model, or you want to be a, a endorser for this, or do you want to do this convention? This opportunities, right?" Mm -hmm. But then you have to be like, "What of those are in line?" with what I say I want my life to be and mean. And um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that because it does help me navigate. Sometimes I'm like, why would I do that? It's, it seems like a great opportunity, but, but does it, is it in line with um, my soul and what I want to do, in my, how I want to spend my time and what I want my life to mean? And if the answer is no, then I don't do it. Mm. Even if people would deem that to be a great opportunity, if it doesn't serve me in, in a real way like that, I, I'm not interested in doing things like that anymore. Yeah, and I I found it really beautiful as a way of okay, this is who you show up to be. And I thought of like you know, with anyone listening, the value of actually identifying what your three core values are, so mm. that it does help you pivot or remain in the situation, whether it's a relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, relationship or business or friendship. Mm. Um, and there was one other thing that I found really fascinating that it was so beautifully articulated that I really wanted to repeat them. And um, it was a great guide for other people. So when you talk about boundaries, I know people turn to you a lot. You said that you've actually taught your team about boundaries because people just step over you if you don't create yeah. those lines. And I've heard you say that the two boundaries are very important to you. One, um, not to be around people who don't actually want what's best for you. Yeah. And then two, not being around someone who resents your drive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, those are two really, like in encompassing who you surround yourself with and then how they impact you, mm -hmm. those I found really freaking beautiful boundaries. Yeah. I, and I think I shared that because I think we, we, especially when I was younger, I didn't understand that all the way. Sometimes you... You can fall in love or you can have friendships or you can have people in your life that you maybe admire, maybe mentors, maybe whatever. And you, so you want to make people proud of you. You want to make people, you know, or a relationship. You want to make your partner mm. feel good. But then sometimes if, if that means dimming your light in any way, or if you start feeling, if you, if something inside you wants to do that and there are people in your life that act weird about it you have to pay attention to that you know because there's always going to be people that um don't have the drive you have or are not going in the same direction you're going um and when you're young i would say 20s 30 maybe young 30 sometimes uh that could it could just shift your direction a little bit and it's really it's and it could push you in the wrong on the wrong path if you let other people's either insecurities or whatever their own whatever whatever their thing is if you let that take you off of what is pulling in you in your heart and your goal and your whatever your direction is um that could 
that could be, you know, it, it could be sad. It could be, you could be misopportunity. It could be a big mistake in your life. And so I realized early, like, oh, it's important for me to have people around me that lift me up, that you'll succeed better. And it makes the journey more fun. You don't want resistance at every turn from people in your lives. Like, you don't want a relationship or friendships of people who resent you trying to get over there or trying to, whatever you're trying to do. Like, you need people to lift you up and support you. And life will be so much better. I really am blessed in that way. I have I have great friends. Uh, and I have a partner who he loves when I win. <laughs> he's like, he's like my biggest supporter and fan. So that's great. Um, my mom is super supportive. And I don't really have any of those people in my life anymore that kind of would resent anything I do. Right. I think that's so powerful because, mm -hmm. you know, I think it was Tony Robbins that first came up with the notion that you are the five people that you surround yourself mm -hmm. with. I love that. You know, and if you like, if we take that as truth, thinking through who do you surround yourself with and how do you somehow like, um, you know, maybe navigate, like, are these the right people? Because to your point that you actually said earlier, it's like you can be, um, you know, bedazzled by their personality or their charisma, but actually it's not good for you mm -hmm. or for your future or for, you know, what you want. Mm -hmm. So when I heard that those were the two boundaries, I was like, they're so on point because especially us women, we inevitably, being people pleasers, you said that earlier mm -hmm. as well, will accidentally dim our light to try and please somebody else and not realize and then maybe blink and we've been dimming our light for five six seven years and we haven't been living the life we want so mm -hmm. having these kind of like clear boundaries of who you let are in your circle really freaking powerful it's a, it can make a huge difference in your whole life experience and it, yeah you just change your life literally mm. it's all we we have this one experience in this earth, like in this world. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's another life, whatever. But in this lifetime, this is it. This is what we got. And whatever you need to do or whatever is going to make you happy or whatever is going to fill your soul, you have to be able to do that. And you want to try to make that as easy as possible. And so take out anything that is, you know, it doesn't mean you don't care about people. It doesn't mean you don't offer a hand when you have a hand to offer. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't take time to maybe help somebody with a problem if you have the time and you're willing to, you know, but you can't let other people just hold you down to the, that you can't fly for yourself. Like you have to be able to fly. And sometimes that means shaking off things that weigh you down. Hell yeah, girl. Yeah. So where can people follow you, all the amazing things <laughs> you're doing and continue to see you fly? That's so sweet. Um... You know what? The podcast is doing really well. I'm so proud of it. Uh, Angie Martinez, IRL. You know, just you can find me. All the things. Yeah, <laughs> you can find me. Yeah. Guys, guys, you've got to go check out this woman and her podcast is so epic. But her as an individual, what she's doing, how she shows up every freaking day is so incredibly mind blowing. So please go follow her. Find the inspiration. Go and find your own inspiration. Echo her message. And until next time, guys. Be the hero of your own life. Peace.